You're listening to the Right Ordered Life Podcast, episode 11. On this episode, we're going to take the fear and discouragement out of falling short so you can silence your inner critic and have more peace and wins each day. I'm Stacy Santiago, and I'm here because I see you. If you're hearing my voice right now, chances are you're disappointed, grumpy, and honestly sick and tired of not having the time and energy to do it all. Here's the deal. I know that most days it feels too hard to be a good mom who successfully keeps her family and job going. It's normal to feel this way. I've been exactly where you are. As a board certified coach and licensed professional counselor, I've helped hundreds of clients connect with God, be happy at home, and do meaningful work without running out of time or energy. When you tune in each week, you're going to learn proven tools to live a right-ordered life of faith, family, and purpose that you want to wake up to each day. If you're anything like me, you have nights, probably one recently, when you fall into bed with negative thoughts like, I screwed that up, I didn't follow through, again, I suck. Or maybe your criticism is in second person. And sounds like, you're so stupid. Why can't you get your shizzle together? You're so lazy. Does any of that sound familiar? Faced with doing all the things on any given day, evidence of how I fall short is available to me. I think the loudest self-criticism for me has to do with not being a good mom. My negative self-talk creates a feeling of disappointment that I wasn't enough for my kids, not patient enough, not loving enough, not supportive enough, not self-giving enough. And this is a dangerous road to walk down because if you don't know how to handle falling short and failing without criticizing yourself, you begin to have tunnel vision. You focus so much on the negative that the darkness overtakes the truth and the joy that God wants you to live from each day. Let's take a closer look. Now, first, we need to understand the main concept here. Falling short or fall short. I define fall short in three specific ways. Number one, volume. You're not getting everything done that you want to get done. Too many tasks on your to-do list are left incomplete. This falling short often feels like you're inadequate. Second one, expectations. You're not up to your own standard or the expectations of others. This can apply to anything, your physical appearance, spiritual life, mom life, marriage, home appearance, happiness level. You're comparing yourself against some measure that you are not currently meeting or cannot ever meet because it's a standard of perfectionism. And so you feel like you're falling short of the expectation. And the third one is failure. You tried something and it didn't work. You didn't get the promotion. Maybe you quit something that you started and you didn't follow through on. Failing to improve exercise and healthy eating is a common example. And with failure, you fall short of the goal or the finish line. You often feel not good enough, that you're lacking in the skills or qualities it takes to be successful at something. So those are the three ways we fall short. Volume, did not get it all done. Expectations, did not meet the measure, and failure did not accomplish the goal. 
Which of these three resonates the most for you? And which one do you criticize yourself for the most? Okay, let's dig deeper. New question for you. Why is falling short such a bad thing that discourages and even wrecks you? Why do you make falling short and failure F-words? A major reason is because you're making this mistake. You're making it a label, an identity that determines your worth. What do I mean by a label or an identity? Many of us struggle to separate the external event from our internal meaning. For example, think about a mistake you made or a time when you failed at something. Maybe it was withholding forgiveness for too long, a financial mistake, or taking a new job that turned out to be worse than your old one. What happens is we take that to mean, I'm a bad person. I'm a failure. I'm so stupid. See, the mistake or failure is no longer a singular event, an external experience, but it's absorbed now. It's part of your identity. And if it's part of your identity, You always have this part of you that you don't like. And because it feels so uncomfortable to live with this part of you day in and day out, you're going to criticize yourself. The negative self-talk pops up throughout the day, chiding you, correcting you, judging you, pointing out how you fall short. Does that make sense? You may not even realize that you've been labeling yourself in a negative way or taking on an identity of failure or not good enough. Now, where does this come from? Yes, your childhood, how you were treated, what you were exposed to, past trauma, it's certainly a big factor. But that's a lot to unravel on today's show. So let's focus on what will empower you to criticize yourself less now and build you a positive identity in the present. My friend, this is so important to get right. Why? Daily tasks are not more important than what's going on in your mind and your heart. And I want to say that again. Daily tasks are not more important than what's going on in your mind and your heart. Dropping into your heart, you need to look at everything in the light of eternity. If getting to heaven is your end goal, which I hope it is, then you need to look through the lens of eternal impact. For example, if you regularly criticize yourself for falling short, how can you fully accept God's love for you? You can't tear yourself down, believe you are less than, and feel accepted and genuinely connected to God at the same time. Those two things don't go together, rejection and acceptance. The brain struggles with the opposing messages. It's called cognitive dissonance. And the brain will fight to resolve the discrepancy. Your brain will choose one of these meanings as the truth. And how you show up in life depends on your truth. What you choose to believe. Note the operative word, choose. More on that to come. So it's not fun to be you when the movie that always plays in your head is a montage of your flaws, failings, and fears. Self-criticism It's like a prison that keeps you silent and hidden. 
And that's not what the world needs. We need you to let God's love in and build you up so you can love boldly and courageously share your talents with the world. I don't know about you, but I don't want to meet the Lord at the end of my life and hand him back the one talent he gave me without having multiplied it. Okay, and so you know there's a painful cost to you, but there's also a negative impact of your self-criticism on people you love. Imagine, how will it affect your kids to see your lack of confidence, to hear you criticize yourself, to know that you don't think you're good at most things? How do you think your children will show up in the world when they follow your example of self-judgment and self-doubt? And how will they come to know and accept the depth of God's love for them just as they are? So what's the solution to falling short without criticizing yourself? First, keep the triggers, the trials, and the negative events that happen outside of you. Take a deep breath right now. And if you can, close your eyes. I want you to picture a force field closely and comfortably surrounding every edge of your body. When falling short triggers happen, visualize them bouncing off your force field and back out into the atmosphere. These events, times when you fall short or fail, They stay outside of you. You don't give them permission to be absorbed into the fabric of your very being. They do not become your identity and they do not determine your worth. If you find that you really struggle with not taking things personally and if it feels like you just can't let the painful things of the past go, I get it. Come talk to me. I go in-depth on this in my program, The Right Ordered Life, and I show you how to heal, be strong, and silence your self-critic for good. Okay, second step. Realize you are not your thoughts, and you are not things that people say to you, and you are not the sum of things that happen to you. Now, I'm not saying disregard areas of personal improvement, But ultimately, there's only one person whose thoughts are true. God's thoughts. Bill Johnson of Bethel Church said it so well. I don't want to have any thoughts in my head that God is not thinking about me. Whatever unloving thoughts you've got circling in your brain about yourself, pull them out. It's time to let them go. And the third step, transform the fail or the falling short. And here's where you're going to either give it a different meaning or problem solve it. So here's an example from my personal experience. I still have some days when I feel disappointed and weary of the struggle to get all those things done for my family in that super small after school window between 4 and 7.30 p.m. 7.30 is bedtime. I have a very long list of tasks, as I'm sure you're familiar with or can certainly imagine. And there's so much I want to be for my kids and do with them. And yet I can get overwhelmed and so discouraged by how I don't do them and fall short. 
So first, let's change the meaning I make. We're changing it from, I'm not doing everything they need. I just can't do it all. And change that meaning to what is true. I put a healthy dinner on the table. I read a book to my first grader. I rode bikes down the street with my boys. I used constructive discipline with my one child. And we prayed a reverent rosary as a family. I did my best. My children know they're loved. And we're all getting the amount of sleep we need. Now, because I choose to see what is good and true in this situation, I'm far less likely to criticize myself, if at all. And notice the word choose. Remember I said we come back to this? Multiple meanings about every situation are always available. And you always have a choice to choose the meaning that is good, just, loving, and that serves you. Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Okay, now let's take the problem-solving approach, which I can simply do after changing the meaning if I want to take it a step further. Problem-solving goes like this. The problem, in this case we were just working on, I feel too rushed and overwhelmed in the evening routine and don't have enough quality time with my kids. So then I say to myself, no BS, what could solve this? And I say no BS to remind myself that it is full on brainstorming right now. All solutions are on the table, anything and everything without judgment. I then make a list, anything I can think of without pressure to evaluate or to choose the solution in that moment. After making the list, I can decide what I wanna do from there. I might research some of the solution options. I might talk it over with my husband. I might try one of the solution options the next day and see how it goes. I like this problem solving step because it takes you out of victim mode and away from criticism. Now you're a light warrior who is taking action you can give yourself props for using your problem-solving muscle. Cool, right? And finally, when you hear negative self-talk piping up, ask yourself, how is this helping me? Because for the most part, criticism doesn't spark your motivation to jump into jolly action that corrects whatever you're criticizing, right? It's time to release your critical voice. And you can start today by following the process I just outlined. Number one, use the force field to keep the triggers and trials outside of you. Number two, realize you are not your thoughts. You are not the things people say to you. And number three, transform the fail or the falling short by giving it a new meaning and then problem solving. All right, my friend, if you want to discover more about what holds you back from becoming your best self, I've got a free three-minute quiz for you. And when you answer a few quick questions, you'll get super clear on what blocks you from making yourself a priority. The button to take this quiz is right at the top of the homepage picture of stacysantiago.com. And I'll also link it in the show notes for you as well. My friend, if you've ever got a question, if you want to share your takeaways with me, 
I would love to hear from you. I'm a real human. DM me on Facebook, email me directly at stacy at stacysantiago.com and I'll respond personally. I always look forward to hearing from listeners like you. And so I look forward to seeing your name in my DMs or inbox soon. Coming up next week on the show, oh boy, you're going to learn how to turn your pain into power with my guest, the spellbinding Jesse Torres. Jesse and I dive into very deep, raw, personal stories of trauma, forgiveness, and healing so you can live your greatest life with joy and purpose. So go share the show with your friends and let them know that's coming up next week and invite them to tune in with you to learn how to connect with God, be happy at home, and do meaningful work. I'll see you back here next week, my friend. Until then, celebrate that you are one step closer to living your right-ordered life.